Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yodis B, welcome to the Sportive. I've got Stu with me. Hi, Stu. Hey, Brandon. And I've also got John with me. We're passing a microphone back and forth because we're we did awesome. A, we had, had technical difficulties, so it'll be a lot of me and half of John and half of Stu, and that's how that's going to work out. Uh, all right, well, let's get, uh, let's get moving on the podcast. My first thing that I want to discuss is earlier this week, uh, one Kendrick Lamar, my friend, won a Pulitzer for, uh, is, it, is it Pulitzer? I think it's Pulitzer, yes. Uh, okay, then we're just going to go with Pulitzer. Yes. He won a Pulitzer for his recent album, Damn. And I thought that would be the most exciting award news for some of my close personal <laughs> friends for this week. But today we found out that uh, one Randball Stew, at Randball Stew, excuse me, has totally eclipsed it by winning the City Pages Best Tweeter Award. Is that right? Uh, these facts are correct. Where does um, this list on your uh, rank on your list of accomplishments for your entire life? Um, let's see. Top Top seven. I think it's a top seven accomplishment. Top seven. Yeah, you have two I mean, kids and a wife, so we know the other wife, three. three. And then, um, got a good good job. Well, we're at Surly Pizza upstairs, by the way. We're at um, Spoo. Open, open at four o'clock every weekday, uh, noon on weekends. Stu's at Spoo. True. <laughs> I'm at Spoo. Um, <laughs> Spoo. Um, yeah, I mean, I it was a very weird thing to get noticed for my Twitter account. Um, yep. it, it almost was like they were like judging me a little bit because they didn't note. That I have had ninety-one thousand tweets. They did which throw is that in an there. Insane amount of words. That's a book. That's an actual book. You could write a book, but um, I, I haven't. I just have written ninety-one thousand tweets. It did feel like they were subtweeting you while talking about tweets. Of yes. like, hey, just FYI, if you're gonna follow this guy, you're gonna have to wade through a bunch of them. Yeah, you're gonna, there's a lot of chaff to get to the wheat. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's which is uh, also the sportive motto for the record. Only I don't know really how much is. wheat we've ever actually offered yeah. for anybody. I wish I could write all this down, but just we on, can't do that. When just we're audio right. problems. Yeah. Just, this is this um, recording started after twenty six minutes yep. of mic checks. Yeah, um, that's true. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's a great honor. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Oh, um, you earned it. You deserve it. You're I hope great City Pages doesn't go out of business tomorrow <laughs> because yeah. uh, the last time anyone associated with this podcast which was our entire podcast, won an award. They uh, basically friend. went away for six months. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Ben, um, ben Johnson had to get Poor a new ben. job. Poor, Poor ben. ben. Sorry, Sorry, Ben. 
that. Um, Do not align yourself with us. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I join an, um, an illustrious group of previous uh, best Twin Cities Twitterers. Um, I know David Brower, friend of the program. D. Brow, yep. Um, John Moe, friend of me and, I guess, the program, since he's a friend of me. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. Chris Steller, who's a really good follow. You should follow Chris Steller on Twitter. Outstanding. Um, I tweets I, more than you, I think. Uh, he tweets One of the a few. ton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's all over the place. He's, but he's a good dude. Um, oh, yeah. I've never met him. I assume he's good. I um, was just following your lead so on that one. I'm going to turn it over to John to talk about me for a little bit, because I hate talking about me. Okay, so Stu's not going to talk anymore, but I didn't want to move on to the next subject, so maybe we're going to have to just guess. How much do you think Stu's cash prize is? I think this kind of award seems like it would come with some sort of yearly fellowship. Yeah, right. Like Travel the world. I'm not saying that this should be on the same level as the MacArthur Genius Grant, but I would assume that it's similar. Not the same, but similar. Right. I don't know what Stu is planning to do with his year. It might even be two years where he's just going to be able to tweet. Yeah, right. It's going to be like the tweeter in residence. We're hoping to God he can find the money to buy a third working microphone. <laughs> That's our number one goal, uh, which would be great. Yeah. Uh, I should also mention while we are here at SPEW, um, we, I am drinking the uh, Plus One from the First Avenue beer, and it is a delightful lawnmower beer. De- lawnmower beer is uh, Stu, uh, Stu's determination, but it really is. Real smooth, real drinkable. Like it's a bonfire it. beer. And as a as the official unsanctioned podcast of Surly, we do owe it to ourselves and to our official unsanctioned partners to mention something like that. Refreshing, yeah, w- fantastic. You gotta you gotta ask yourself, is there any podcast that is more associated with Surly Brewing than this one? Does Surly have a podcast? Not that I know of. All right. Oh, yeah, you're going to have to get a I was on 1500's beer show last week, and uh, Holly and I did share a microphone, too. Oh, that's great. Because, well, there were five people in the studio. so It was like Bruce and uh, Clarence. It was. (laughs) So, yeah, um, it's cool, and can we please move on to anything but me? Yeah, of course. Yep. God damn it. Okay, okay, so uh, number that was question number one. We'll okay. move on to question number two. Actually, you probably can pass the microphone over to uh, oh, no, we're talk- one no, Jonathan. I'm Mr. Puck. You are Mr. Puck. Yeah. So you, you saw, I'll, so I'll take the first round of questions. I'm Dr. Kreese. You're Mr. Puck. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Puck, my question for you, and this is question two of eight that we've, we're going to go through this evening, mm-hmm. is um, how dead are the Minnesota Wild? Uh, deader than dead. Um, they're two best Breathing, players. Yeah, but oh, like one, yeah. like... Uh, oh. Like Barbara Bush a day ago dead. Oh, God. Too soon? Well, that, 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 yeah. Um, Too soon. I, I apologize to um, uh, City Pages listeners or readers who yeah. uh, were, were forwarded to our podcast. I'm not disparaging Babs. I think that some of the <laughs> judgment on her was uncalled for and rude. I'm just saying, like, barely holding on. Just yeah. barely, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. The, the family has gathered around the bed of the Minnesota Wild yep. trying to get in some uh, last... Uh, Warming thoughts. Warming thoughts as they enter. Um, before the postseason, like two weeks before the postseason, uh, their second best player uh, broke his leg. And then um, after their one postseason victory yep. uh, on like the next to last shift, um, their best player cracked his goddamn sternum. Yeah. We got the one win How and God was like, uh, uh, uh. That's got to hurt so bad. He played it's hurt it to breathe. afterwards. I, know, I don't. Yeah. They're. The stereotype hockey guy. Well, yo, just, oh, we'll play. They'll play through anything. You know, if LeBron would have broken his sternum, yeah, he would have been LeBron, out immediately. He would have probably gone to the hospital. 
<laughs> you know, like some sort of weird, like, you know, please, dick measuring Please respect my sport. From weird racists. But, um, yeah, I, they're done. They're over. Um, they're going to lose to Winnipeg tomorrow night. And um, I don't think there's anything beyond that that I can offer. So I'm going to turn it over to the other Mr. Puck. Mr. Puck 2.0. John Marthaler. I will mention that we are recording this on Wednesday, April 18th, and they play, did you say, Mr. Puck, on Thursday? Friday night. Friday they night. They play Friday night. I, I thought so, which is why I, as Dr. Kreese, needed to make sure I confirmed with my other hockey-loving fan. Thursday, to right, Thursday night didn't sound exactly right to me, yeah. so we passed it on to John, the intern. If there's anything the Sportive Podcast is about, it's about getting facts correct. Accuracy. Yeah, we're accurate. Um, okay, John, is it true that that's exactly how dead they are? They're, they were already pretty done for. Yep. It, it's a fairly common thing to see a team lose the first two games of a playoff series on the road and then win game three and give everybody a little bit of hope. Yeah. And yeah. then lose game four. I don't think I don't think that Parisi getting hurt changed the outcome of the series, if you see what I mean. It does sting more though. It it's it's not helpful. But also, they were already going to lose this series. Right. Now, yeah. it's just, it would approach a miracle if they won game five. I just want to get back to a broken sternum as a concept. The only reference I have about the way to break a sternum is when I was, like, in elementary school, and they talked about how powerful a kangaroo's kick is. And they're like, it could kick in your entire chest cavity if they right. needed to. That's what happened to him. There, <laughs> or there is it like a there bruised are bones rib or something? in your body that break. Yeah. And then there are bones in your body that are not supposed to ever break. Now, one of, I remember a couple of years ago. The future of civilization depends on sternums being yeah, pretty sturdy. Sternums pretty sturdy. are pretty solid, usually. Yeah. yeah. A couple of years ago, the Wild had a defenseman named Kurt, Curtis Foster who was going back for an icing, and he got. He got run into, and he broke his femur. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Which is, I mean, yeah, the femur is, like, stronger than concrete. Yeah. So the fact that he broke his femur was an amazing, terrible thing. This is not quite like that, but it's in the same category. Yeah. Where he, And it was sort of an innocuous play. He got sandwiched by two of the terrible, dirty Jets, Winnipeg Jets players, but that's that happens. So it was a little bit of a surprise to see him out for good, out till next season. Okay, so before we started the series, I was trying to drum up some enthusiasm and drama for myself to care more about this series. And I asked you how much we should be hating the Winnipeg Jets. And I think you were at, I want to say like a seven of hatred. Which like, is the lowest I ever Which get. is the lowest, yeah. So that meant you would love them. Um, where is your hatred level at now on the John Marthaler hatred scale, which, again, goes from 7 to 11? Yep. <laughs> That's the only number as possible. I think it's up to about a 9. It's a 9? Okay. okay. I mostly, the thing that has made me hate them more than anything, in, in Game 3 there was a play where, um, now I'm questioning, Feligno for, for the Wild. Lou. Yeah, yep. Lou Feligno. He he went to he went to the point on a power play. The Jets have a defensive named Tyler Myers, who's seven foot four, and Feligno went to the point to block a shot, and he sort of tripped and he sort of fell into Myers a little bit, and it was kind of a weird play. Myers went down and stayed down, and I don't I don't know what's actually wrong with him, but on the way down, Feligno, who was falling over, sort of had his hand 
hit Myers' knee a little bit. Okay. And that caused a large number of Winnipeg Jets fans to insinuate that Feligno somehow had a plan where he was going to go up to Myers on the power play, stumble, and punch him in the side of the knee. Like, that was his plan to hurt Tyler Myers. Okay, I'm hating them more. This is good. That level of pure stupidity is enough to make me hate Winnipeg Jets fans. And here's the thing. I think last time we had a podcast, I said the way that you can hate Winnipeg Jets fans is by remembering then remembering that there's probably a lot of Winnipeg Jets fans who are also University of North Dakota hockey fans. Yes, I remember and this. And that is the kind of stupid opinion that North that Dakota hockey fans are famous <laughs> for. Just the most ludicrous nonsense bullcrap yeah. of all time. Okay. That's where North Dakota lives, and that's where, now in my mind, Jets fans live. You got me. So I hope they all die. I'm at a nine myself, and yep. I, I want to uh, <laughs> note, this is a regular uh, zero to ten scale for all other human beings, but John's scale within that same scale right. is seven until I'm 11. A very no one person. can get to 11. You're the only person. So you're not there yet. Right. Not what, at 11 yet. What's at 11 uh, right now? What's at 11? Um, Brian Rafalski. Yep, Brian Rafalski. Uh, the entire state of Wisconsin. Glenn Mason. Most of Glenn Mason. Barry most Alvarez. Of the state of Iowa. Barry Alvarez. Um, you don't need. You don't. I, Brian I don't. Cardinal. Blair Walsh. <laughs> yeah, this is the good. Philadelphia Eagles. Al Secord. Norm Green. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> Not Gary Anderson, Anderson, only Morton Anderson. Anderson. All right. Well, um, you don't want to have everything at 11 because then yeah. we have to go to a 12 scale. That's right. There's no 12. This is just the, the best of the 12 best. is heart attack, and we don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 12 is heart attack. Okay. Uh, question three. Are we All ready right. for it? Yes. Yes, I am. Stu. Uh, we are recording this at 6.14 p.m. on Wednesday, April 18th. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota Timberwolves play a basketball game at 8.30 p.m. Oof. April 18th. Since we will not be uploading this immediately, how no. do we discuss a Wolves game when we haven't seen it, but our listeners have? <laughs> um, um, let's Want to run through uh, some we, scenarios? We, well, we or? tried to do, draw um, from previous outcomes. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sunday night's game, um, the Houston yep. Rockets, w- with the exception of James Harden, wanted to give that game away. Yep. 
They begging could not for shoot. It. I think they went three for 40 from three points. And then at the end of the game, they were up by three. All yes. they had to do was pass it to one of their own players and, and inbounded. It out and Chris Paul, for some reason, just tomahawked the thing <laughs> 150 feet. Randy Johnson in 1998 <laughs> it right out of the court. Like, so the Timberwolves had the ball. Is there, there is no luckier person in the country right now than Chris Paul for Jimmy Butler missing that shot because um, that would have gone down in the, I'll say it, the annals of oh, history yes, yes, of I the mean, biggest choke job in the whole world. It reminds yeah. me of, do you remember this time, uh, and it was many years ago, Jerome Bettis oh, like, yes. was salting a game away, and then he fucking fumbled it, and they yes. were going to lose the game, and then that uh, Mike Vanderjagt or whatever yes. missed the kick. The idiot kicker, yes. Yeah, it was the idiot and then no game. one remembered Jerome Bettis's. He would be, we would still be the first thing that we would be talking about right now about Jerome Bettis. Remember when he fumbled that one time and they lost the game? Mm-hmm. But it didn't happen, so for some reason his fumble isn't that bad of a deal. Correct. This is the same, well, not at the same level, but pretty close for Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Just sky hooks one out of bounds into mm-hmm. the third row. Yep. And, uh, oh, whoops. And then um, the, uh, the uh, intricate, uh, well-designed offense of Tom Thibodeau. Like a well-oiled machine, he goes. You know what we need right now? We need a hero ball, fadeaway two-pointer from Jimmy Butler when you're at down the buzzer. Three. When Jeff Teague, for all of the shit that we have given him for not being our beautiful brown-eyed boy, yeah, um, was wide open, wide open, and had begging, just, and it had, has actually done well from three. Yeah, most of the season. I mean, when he's wide open, um, it's a lot better than a fadeaway two. It was so bad that I commented on it on my award-winning Twitter account, and MSNBC's <laughs> Chris Hayes said, "Yep, that is some Tom Thibodeau basketball <laughs> to me." And oh, he has a God. TV show. I want to point that out. Yeah, he has that an actual Chris TV Hayes. show. Oh and, man, um, yeah, it's so. Um, it's going to be bad tonight, if I had to guess. Okay. Yeah, here, the thing that is particularly disappointing to me is this. During, during my time watching the Timberwolves, there's a couple of guys who I always associate with just murdering the Timberwolves at the end of games. Um, I, I'm sure there's many people on this list, but the two that I always think of that were absolute assassins to so many games are Kevin Durant and um, Kawhi Leonard. Oh, Both okay. of them. I was going to go Dame Lillard as well. Damian Lillard would probably be up there, but for some reason, it's, it's Leonard and Durant that I always think of. The Timberwolves have played, and I'm estimating conservatively here, 455 games against the Oklahoma City Thunder back when Durant was there and now the Spurs when Leonard's there. Sounds right. And yeah. in every one of those games, it was close at the end. And they would give the ball to Durant or to Leonard, and everyone would clear out, and those guys would score every single time. Durant is shooting somehow more than 1,000% <laughs> in the clutch against the Timberwolves. I don't know how it's possible. When you factor in free throws somehow, I don't know. His yeah. effective field goal percentage is far over 1,000%. It's like kids getting a 4.2 grade point average. Exactly. Like I, I'm sure there's some sort of weighting system. So, so the reason I'm mentioning this is the Timberwolves have never had that guy. Kevin Love, no matter who the Timberwolves had, they've never had that guy that you could trust down the stretch. And there's been any number of reasons that Love or Towns or Wiggins or whoever couldn't be that guy. Garnett never was. Garnett never was that guy. And the one thing going into this year when they traded for Butler, there were so many things that were terrible about how Tom Thibodeau was going about building this team. There were they got rid of Rubio as Stu mentioned, but it just the trade off for this joyless brand of basketball that Thibodeau 
has brought is that they're supposed to have that guy now. Butler is supposed to be that guy. And that's what I expected out of Butler was, all right, here's this angry basketball genius, Jimmy Butler, who's going to bring a sense of toughness or whatever else he was supposed to bring to the exciting young players like Townsend Wiggins. Yep. He's supposed to bring this sort of assassin kind of game yep. to the Timberwolves. It won't be pretty. It won't be pretty. You won't enjoy watching it. It will be effective. In fact, the Timberwolves, you're going to hate watching them a lot. You'll hate but your at, favorite team. You'll hate them. <laughs> You'll want them to go away. You'll hate your favorite team. But at least they're going to have somebody to go against Durant, against now what James Harden has become, against Leonard. Yeah. That guy who always kills the Timberwolves. Old hard and hat mentality. That's what we were signing up for. Of all Lunch the bill. disappointing things about the Timberwolves this year, it's that Jimmy Butler is an absolute disaster in the la- in the closing seconds of the game. He, wants he has to been take the all shot. year. They, they put the ball in his hands. There's no plan whatsoever other than we're going to give the ball to Jimmy Butler and he's going to get a bucket, except he literally is 0 for getting them a bucket in that situation. 0 for 12, right? 0 for 12. It's, 0 for 12. It, it would be one thing if we had sat through all of this nonsense and trading Rubio and all of this disaster but Jimmy Butler was pulling a Durant, pulling a Leonard uh-huh. on other teams. And he's not, and I hate them. I just hate them all. I would be fine with a 3 for 12. I would be fine. I'd be okay with a 2 for 12. Nothing. Over. And it's not like those 12 have been, I can't recall every single one of them, but I'm pretty sure that almost every one of them was an unbelievably ill-advised shot. It's not that it just yeah. didn't work out for him. Yeah, and I mean, the one from game one was so egregious. God damn it. It's literally the worst possible shot. There's nothing he could have done that was worse than what he did short of throwing up an underhanded 40-footer. No, he, he even that would have been okay because it would have been a three-pointer. He, Who the <laughs> fuck knows? He literally ran down the floor, put his foot on the line, and threw up the worst possible shot ball. he could have. If he would have gone in for a layup... We've seen that before, we, and we would have been like, oh, you, uh, you just messed up because you thought there was a little bit more time left quick, too. Mm-hmm. He did the exact worst thing, the low percentage thing that wouldn't have mattered low anyway. Low percentage he with a foot on the line. God it was damn just, it. There, it had no chance of succeeding, none. And I can and do and will continue to blame Tibbs for a lot of this stuff. So much of it is his fault. But there's no way that's his fault, right? He had to have some other plan in mind. There's no way he'd have been like, Jimmy, here's what we're going to do. Okay, <laughs> Just I... fucking dribble like crazy and do not pass no matter what happens. Get inside the three-point line and just throw one up. Again, I will defer to MSNBC's Chris Hayes saying that's Tibbs basketball. I do hate Tibbs. There's no so doubt about that. But I have to put is, some... I mean, he's not recognized as like a Brad Stevens type. I, I, I didn't mean to say Brad Stevens. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. God. So by Brad Stevens, you mean a good basketball coach? <laughs> Someone who is, like, a recognized genius at drawing drawing up, like, a, well, there's seven seconds left. We're inbounding at this part of the floor. We'll run this exact play, and you'll get off a clean shot every goddamn time. Brad Stevens, is, not Brad Stevens. is amazing, and he's on the worst team possible to try to change my allegiances. He's on the fucking Celtics. I can't mm-hmm. cheer yep. for him. Hey, Matt Preston, how's him. it going? God. Oh, I love you, Matt. We love you, Matt. I love you so much. Nice suits. Very sorry. So handsome. So handsome. Nice suit. Blue suit. He pulls it off. I. 
we promise that Clarence won't be here, will Brickman come on the podcast? I wonder. I wonder. And now that I've got like social media cachet, you sure do. You got. You're gonna have to cash this in at some. You point. know, I, I really should see if I can get like some major media people on here now yeah. that I'm like sort of popular. All right. Well, let's play out the scenarios for the listeners who are already listening and know what happened. Our yeah. prediction is that they are going to lose by a hundred. Yes. Because the Rockets last game went like six for thirty-five or Just something on three-pointers, and they're not going to do that again. No. I will say that the Wolves did play some pretty good defense. Those were not all wide open. Eric Gordon had a few open one open looks that he could have hit, uh, but. I believe Ryan Anderson. Might, there's no reason for us to talk about it, but I thought Ryan Anderson might be back. He hits. He is going to be back tonight. Threes, yeah. So we're in a lot of trouble. Uh, if they can somehow sneak one out, um, I will be excited. I like watching basketball. Yeah. But part of me will also be very sad that I have to continue to have this fucking team in my life. I just want to get it over with and get them out of my life for a while, so I can go back to just cheering for the Sixers. I hate the Wolves. I hate him so much. They brought me about 10 minutes of joy and a million hours of pain this year. Go to hell, Tom Thibodeau. I miss you, Ricky Rubio. Also, uh, eat shit, Andrew Wiggins. Um, John would like to talk. I think it's fair to say that Utah is my favorite team in this playoffs. Yeah, good. Fair. I think it's also fair to say that Philadelphia is my least favorite team. No. Just because I don't want to hear you. from you. You fucker. <laughs> it, you know what? This, it's over. We already won. I already got the victory lap. They won 50-something games. They're a three-seed. Freak injury by Embiid. They might not get past this first round, but Sam Hinkie, vindication. Mm-hmm. Fully, 110% vindicated. I'm gonna Do need, not I'm at gonna me. I'm going to need a dedicated podcast Don't at me in person. to go back. Wade, I'm going to need you to go back and find out when Brandon and I made this Timberwolves versus Sixers five-year bet. Because I think we're basically tied at this point. We're actually probably pretty close to tied. Yeah. You're right. But I'd like to know how it's going. Okay, well, this is not part of the bet. But if you did a poll on, like, fan enthusiasm for each organization, where do you think that thing would end up? I think Sixers fans are Philadelphia fans, so they're the worst. True. So you can't okay. really... Right. They love Dave Haxtell, So I shouldn't have even asked the question. Yeah. You got me pretty good there. Uh, but if Chrissy Sixers Bonus fans, is listening, this doesn't apply to you. We love you, Chrissy, but everybody else, they're all terrible. I just think that there are happier people than people who have to watch Tom fucking Thibodeau. He's 60 years old. He has to know everybody hates him screaming and yelling. Claudia! <laughs> Rotate! Rotate! Every, he has to know it. It's just the oddest thing to me to be like, ah, I don't give a shit. Everybody yeah. hates it, and I'm going to keep doing it. I could control myself. Yeah. I could have some sort of measure of uh, constraint. Nah. Ugh. All right. You want to move on? Sorry. Yeah, we should. So mad. Everyone's anyway, blood pressure is up. Go so Wolves. They're going to lose by 30 tonight. That is the uh, sport of uh, sport of prediction. prediction that you already know whether it worked out or not. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask question four, and then I'm going to go get us a beer from the uh, glorious spew. Um, I'm going to go get, do you guys both want? I'm good. I'm good. You're good. Yes. John? John, what do you want? Would you like a First Avenue beer? All right. I'm going to get another Citra because I love them so much. My question number four, and this is a real doozy. I I have no idea if it's how to answer it. Do the Minnesota Twins still play? 
That's a great question, Brandon. Um, they played last night, I guess. They did. They played in Puerto Rico. They played in and Puerto Rico. And they're playing tonight, they're playing tonight despite the fact the power went out in, in Puerto the, Rico. In the entire country. Um, um, if, which, you, if you happen, I, I think we need to not discount that major government officials might be listening because we have an award-winning Twitter yes. in the crowd. Yeah. So if you're a major government official, you need to do something before, um, about Puerto Rico. Um, first of all, resign because you suck. Um, yeah, um, and I think uh, Twinkie Town, another place where I like ply my wares, has some link, helpful links to help the people of Puerto Rico. Yeah, I think they published that tonight. Good job, Maya. Um, yeah, the whole the power's out in the entire country because uh, the United States government has failed them entirely and completely. Um, but they are playing. But they are. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah. The government of Puerto Rico bears some responsibility for this too. Well, they do, but, but they're the ones got the hurricane, not yeah. us. So. Let's help them out a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, but they do have the generators going for the stadium, and I know the mayor of San Juan basically said we're going to make sure that we get this game played because that's what the people want, which they do because they do love their baseball in yep. Puerto Rico, and they have Francisco Lindor and Jose Barrios, native son Jose native Barrios sons, is pitching yeah. tonight. And I mean, that's that's awesome. I mean that they're actually going to be able to do that, but um, I think the the thing that I've gotten out of this Puerto Rico series is you don't really think about it when you're from Minnesota. Yeah. You don't think about which country a lot of the Latin American players are from. The Puerto Rican, the the people that come from Puerto Rico, the players that come from Puerto Rico, that team is amazing. Oh yeah, how it's. They need to have the World Baseball Classic more, and the World Baseball Classic is a stupid tournament. But if they had it, like, during the middle of the season mm-hmm. and people played in it, mm-hmm. Puerto Rico would dominate that tournament. Oh, yeah. Puerto Rico is an By amazing far. baseball town. Yes. I mean, a baseball, baseball town. town. Baseball town. <laughs> baseball you, no, United States Territory? What do yes, we call them? they're a U.S. territory. They should have full U.S. voting rights like the District of Columbia, but they don't. And Wait, Puerto don't Ricans don't have voting rights? No. As far as I know, they don't. They're not... Well, now I'm going to have to think about that <laughs> this one This has become while. the civics podcast. God damn it. Yeah, cut it. Cut it. Oh, they don't. Okay. Brandon is making us stop knows. talking about civics science. Yes. <laughs> don't talk about it. Ick. Gross. Anyway. They cannot vote. Okay, they cannot vote. They can't? Not even like presidential elections? I'm pretty sure they can't because that was the whole thing of when there was the issue with their... Weather problem? Was that a hurricane? Is that what it was? I knew there was some sort of weather thing, but uh, there was a lot of very cynical people of like, well, good luck getting their votes. And someone else was like, they don't vote anyway, you stupid assholes. I don't have any idea. I I could be wrong. No, you're not wrong, I don't think. So, Wade, where is, why did you not bring Wade? I invited Wade. He couldn't come. Uh, Okay, well, Wade. Can you please clarify what uh, the uh, voting status of the uh, Puerto Rican uh, government or people are? Because that would be helpful to us. Well, right I was now. in line ordering beer, which is delicious, by the way. Very fresh here. Um, did you guys talk about uh, old Franny Lindor hitting a bomb and then celebrating and then saying sorry afterwards? I, to- I missed the game entirely last night. I saw there was... Was it even a minor kerfuffle last night? It wasn't even a kerfuffle. He proactively negated a kerfuffle, and this is what I think is a little sad and crazy. He apologized? He hit a bomb in his fucking home, what are we calling it, territory? <laughs> in his home territory, and, uh, you know, understandably very excited. Yeah, he should and celebrate then, all the way around the bases. And the Twins didn't say anything, but he he then went just to make sure of, like, hey, sorry, I, you know... 
went a little too far. I don't know the exact quote, but he did apologize for his celebration. Again, proactively, no one ever said anything. What is the year that no one has to apologize for celebrating anymore? When is, when is the last person who gives a shit about this going to die? What's the year after that? I think you're going to have to ask every baseball dad in the universe to die. And I'm you think that baseball self- dad will be passing off? So we know our friend Chicken Finger 69 doesn't like he he's a act like you've been here before guy, right? And I don't know if he's serious. I never know if he's serious. I assuming he's never serious. But let's pretend he is. Do you think that there's uh let's say there's just to make math easy, like a million of those dads left. And each one of those million dads has a million kids on average, million boys that follow baseball or girls whatever, kids. What per- how many of those million kids are going to take on dad's perspective of like bat flips are stupid? Half? 10%? I'm saying there's 1%? There's out and out legitimate racists still in America. Yep. Like white nationalists. Uh-huh. White nationalism is still a thing in America. So I'm going to go ahead and say that people getting mad about bat flips is not going to die not out going anytime away. soon. So your prediction is in the 3000s yeah, I'm, year. <laughs> I'm saying baseball will stop being a thing long before long before stupidity will stop being You know what it has been it was very disappointing. We didn't talk a lot about that Orioles series where the Twins got mad at somebody for bunting against a, an unfair defensive shift. Yep. We didn't talk a lot about that. Not enough. I want but to talk about it. It's, it would be very disappointing if the Twins started establishing some, themselves as the guardian of baseball's stupid unwritten rules. A team of Brian McCann's, A you team mean? of Brian McCann's. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, the worst. The worst, the worst oh. people. Yes. Yeah, um, it would be, be terrible, and I would hate for that to happen. Also, emotionally, it's uh, silly. It's just silly to be yeah. mad about this. Brian Dozier, I'm talking to you directly. I know he listens. We know that he listens. He has great hair, but, you know. Even logically, though, it doesn't make any sense. His point of view was, hey, man, they decided that they were going to let us, they weren't going to hold us on so we could steal a base, which meant the unwritten rules of that you wouldn't bunt, mm-hmm. right? Right. That doesn't hold up even five seconds of thought of like, yeah, no, we just agreed you're not going to try to take the extra base. You're still trying to get on base. We agree with that, right? There's right. never a point where they go, you know what, I'll just take the strikeout. They're just trying to still get on base, and that's always okay. <sighs> it's okay. I don't know. It's okay. Just, you, so needed we, to, you needed to let that out. Now we're going to like talk about um, what's his name from Rutgers, uh, rushing people on kneel down place. Greg Schiano. <laughs> we're going to settle that one now. Yeah. That was even farther in the past. Yeah, so Greg we're, we're going to get that sussed out next. He got hired by a college, and they hated it so much they like protested until <laughs> they like said, "Never mind, we'll no, find never a mind. We coach. don't want to deal with you. You're terrible, <laughs> unbelievable. You're so bad." I mean, he, we thought he was the best guy for the job, but fuck this. Yeah, we're not doing we don't it. need that. Protesting does work, I guess, in some weird scenarios. Um, okay, so we establish that the Twins still do still are playing, still They're do in Puerto exist. Rico, and they have no power. No and power. We, but we don't know what their governmental status is. We think <laughs> as, they're a territory. As regards U.S. elections. Who cannot vote on U.S. elections. Right. That's what we think. John, I think, is going to be live 
fact checking us. He's going to live fact. He was Let's just, hope he's just working on he was his just uh, with Wade, so he feels like the need to do this. Yeah. I understand that. Right, it makes sense. Um, Stu, how excited are you about? Hold on, hold on. Okay, Puerto Ricans cannot vote for. They don't have voting representation in congressmen. They they don't have presidential electoral votes, but they do have presidential primaries. I don't know how that makes any sense, but okay. here we are. Anyone who's listening who is an expert on Puerto That's Rican nuts. voting politics, you can come on next time and we'll devote an entire huh. segment. To, I would not have guessed that. That makes no sense to me. Very, I'm more confused now that you told me that. Actually, yes, I'm actually you upset have. now. More upset now I'm than I was before. More upset. Uh, the sport of promise. You're going to be more confused <laughs> and upset promise. for having listened to it. You will have been happier an hour ago. Yep. All right. Do you want to keep moving? Sure. Keep going. Keep going. Question five. Uh, where does the Lindsey Whalen head coach news fall on the crazy awesome spectrum? So um, crazy awesome. Where does it fall within both of those? High crazy high awesome. Low crazy high awesome. Low oh, crazy geez. low awesome. The fourth one. I would say I high you guys crazy talk- high awesome, honestly. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I, I mean, think if great. you draw one of those. X, Y axis kind of graphs, it's off in the top right corner. It's absurd that she's still playing, yeah. but it's also awesome that she's still playing. Yes. And Lindsey Whalen is like the Pope of Minnesota, too. A top five athlete of our lifetimes. Of our Minnesota. lifetimes. Easily. Maybe the most popular Minnesota yeah. athlete of our lifetimes. Yeah, no one, even, even guys who hate women's sports, the creepiest creeps on planet right. creep. The stupidest people alive are still like, like Lindsay no, Whalen. Lindsay Whalen is awesome. Yeah, no, she's Lindsay cool. Whalen. She's cool. No, she's one of the good ones, you know. You know, she's great. And I think um, she's she's going to keep playing in the WNBA. Yep. And I don't know how that's going to work, but I'm it's awesome that she's going to try to do it. Right. And maybe, you know, she'll, and again, she's mortal like any of us, although she's never proven to be mortal before no eventually age catches up with everybody so maybe this will be like you know in a couple three years she'll dedicate herself full-time to the gulfs but i think it's it's great for the program i guess i thought she was only coaching for like or playing for like this last year and she'd be done she's like still gonna be a player well we don't know i mean maybe she's planning to play this summer and then retire but it hasn't been announced that but it hasn't been announced like that no is okay just in all fairness, and we've talked about this when Tibbs got hired, are they not both full-time jobs? I think they probably would be, <laughs> but I also think it's amazing. I agree with you on awesome and crazy for sure, but I also am just, I don't know. I think I, I'm blown away by the craziness that I don't even know about the awesomeness. What I don't know it's very is ambitious. who will be her assistant. I, I didn't look and see who she's hired as assistants yeah. at the University of Minnesota because obviously that's going to be fairly important because they are going to have a lot of day-to-day off-season responsibilities over the summer and stuff like that. Yeah, like when is Lindsay going to be like, she can't like, like go that. to the Hopkins high school game to recruit a kid while she's like playing in a game on her own. Right, and the one I think the one thing she's got going for her is that the WNBA season and the basketball season in Minnesota are sort of opposite. Helpful. Yep. Yeah. Because okay. the WNBA is sort of a summer thing. Right. And I think they're ending even earlier this year because there's a World Cup of basketball in the fall. So the season is a little compressed ba- gotcha. compared to previous seasons. But 
I know that we're not going to have an answer to this, but I'm curious how this happened. Like the, did she just like send a note from one of some of her people to call their people to be like, hey, uh, you know, Lindsay will do this if you want. And they're like, no shit. That is that what? is the thing that would be interesting to hear. Like, it's just so weird. All the I mean, stories were like, you know, Mark Coyle had her on the list, and this is something Mark Coyle wanted to do. But how do you get the idea that this current amazing athlete would be like, yeah, I'll totally coach the University of Minnesota women's basketball team? Yeah, because it's so out of left field. The Dinkytown Ghost, I can't imagine, just proactively came up with something like this on his own. It's a little bit, and this is going to be a little out of left field, but a couple of years ago, the, the Gophers hired Hugh McCutcheon as their volleyball coach while he was coaching the Olympic team. And that was a little bit similarly out of left field. Like, how do you even, how do you even talk to a guy and be like, "Hey, I know you're coaching the national team right, right now, but would you be willing to coach our college team when your national team stuff is done?" Because I think they hired him, and he still coached the national team for like a year afterwards, and an assistant coached the volleyball team or something like that until he was done with the Olympic team. It's a little bit like. Like that, where it's like, I don't even know how this happens. Well, knowing the news of uh, Waylon and Motsko and PJ Fleck, these are the three Dickytown Ghost tires, correct? Where do you now, I don't need necessarily a rank. We don't need to do the GM rankings, which we love doing, but we don't need to do it right now, uh, thinking on our toes. Um, is your microphone on? Yeah, I think the microphone's on. Cool. Great. Great. Yeah, we're good. Uh, I just want to make sure. I saw, I saw you fiddling with the on-off switch, and I was like, no, oh, I my just looked God. Up to make sure, 40 minutes later, you're like, oh, whoops. For the podcast listeners, the look of anger and distress that Brandon just shot me yep. when he thought that my You've microphone wasn't working. Yeah. Very familiar terrifying. Uh, where do you put him? Uh, what is your opinion on the Dickytown Ghost uh, as of now after these three hires? My opinion? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, you know, St. Cloud State, go Huskies, woo. Um, they finally got a guy who can get them to the first round and lose, which is an improvement on Lucia. So, um, sorry, that was my cheap shot. Sorry about that. <laughs> I do think uh, this, is, this is something that better people than me have been beating the drum about, but the fact that Duluth needed 49 things to break their way on the last day of the college hockey season and then won the national championship. Not just won, they steamrolled, basically. It's it's kind of good evidence that maybe a maybe a single elimination tournament is not the best way to determine a national championship. That is champion. very true. Or just get in. Yeah. Get in. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter where you're seated or where, what region you're in. Just get in and then get hot. That's your best, best option. As a UMB Bulldog, I have to say <laughs> I think they were the best team no matter what, and it was a bunch of bullshit that it took them uh, so many crazy things to get them in there anyway. They were obviously the best team in the country all year long. But let me ask you, I, I totally agree with that, but I wonder, is the Bulldogs' like kind of crazy path, is that an anomaly or is that just how it works I in NCAA hockey? In a, in I don't know. We talk, we talk a lot about the Stanley Cup playoffs in this podcast and the hot goalie theory and how it's a little bit of a crapshoot once you're in the playoffs mm-hmm. about what might happen. And th- that's when we're talking about seven-game playoff series. Imagine what the Stanley Cup playoffs would be like if 
you literally had one game playoffs for every round of the playoffs. It would be Boy. pure insane. I, I remember. Well, unless Bruce Boudreaux is your coach, then you're going to lose in the first round. But I remember okay. um, Nate Silver of 538 fame. He was talking one time about forecasting hockey games, and they do a whole bunch of stuff about forecasting games, and he, and he said about hockey, I don't know if you can forecast hockey because when you look at it, it's essentially random. <laughs> and that's sort of what you're looking at on a one-game basis with hockey. Over time, things work out, but on a one-game basis, it's essentially just random. Do you allow yourself, and that's, uh, that is a thing that I have, uh, I totally agree with, and I think that was sort of the first step of me, like, not getting emotionally invested in hockey anymore because it was so random. Again, my point with hockey is always uh, love to play, hate to watch. Like, I love to play hockey. It's a super fun sport, but I don't like watching it because of all that stuff, right? When you're in the middle of it and you're playing it, it doesn't quite feel as random, or at least you feel like you have some effect. But as a fan, of course, it's completely. Um, does that sort of thing affect how much you can get invested no, hockey, it really doesn't. Or you still I think just go crazy, even though you know it's a coin flip and weird I shit think happens. If you look at like the start of the Miami Marlins season this year, baseball. We all love baseball. Obviously, you love baseball. Yes. The Marlins are not zero and fifteen at this point in the season. They've won several games despite being the worst collection of Major League Baseball. As Stu just pointed out, I don't know if you heard that they destroyed the Yankees last night and. The Marlins are a terrible team. They are assembled to be awful. They're the Cleveland Indians in the movie Major League. But that's why they play 162 games. Right. And if I I think in the same way that I can embrace baseball playoff games just from a sheer drama sense, it's the same with hockey. Baseball and hockey on a one-game basis, total crapshoot. You look at, like, the Twins versus the Yankees in the wild card game last year. Irvin Santana was an amazing pitcher last year, but he got out there in New York. His his breaking balls weren't breaking. Had a weird blister, it and it was over. Yeah. 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 And it was over. It was yep. over for him. He had a great season, but then on a one-game basis, it was a disaster. And I can embrace that in baseball. I can embrace that in hockey. I can Especially in the NHL when they have a seven-game series. But it, getting back to your point of college, you're right. That is very crazy. Yeah. But, I mean... The, the benefit of a seven-game series is it's not fair and it's still random, but it feels more fair and less, less random, random yep. over a period. Agreed. Over a one-game playoff, you could take the number 60 team in college hockey against the number one team in college hockey, and the number 60 team is still going to have a 30% chance of winning that game. Or I mean, maybe it's a 12% chance, but you see what I mean. Still, yeah, right. No, I agree. That makes sense. Shut up. He's not over it. Too soon. Too soon. Uh, all right. So we agree that Lindsay Whalen, Lindsay Whalen news is both crazy and awesome mm-hmm. at the same scale, and uh, we'll see what happens. All right. You want to move on to question six? I think so. I think question so. six. Can someone please convince me to care about the NFL draft? Um, no. No. Not at all. Nothing? Uh, my dad asked me about it. He called me um, during the snowstorm this weekend. To complain about the snow because sure. it snowed a lot down yeah. in Rinville County, and to ask me about who they're going to draft, I had no idea. Thirtieth, they're, they're thirty. I mean, they're pick thirty, right? So that's it's going to be probably an offensive lineman. 
Truly not no, one. No, it's not going to be an offensive lineman. Aren't you an insane person? Truly not one position. He's been an offensive lineman every year for the last 49 years. And Rick Spielman is yet to pick an offensive lineman before the sixth round. Is there one position that they could draft well, that you'd immediately be mad about? I can't think of one. I think no matter, tight end, maybe? You'd be like, yeah, oh, we'll be where do they draft a tight end. A fullback, a tight end. <laughs> fullback or tight end. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, uh, cornerback, safety, linebacker, yeah, not, defensive. I don't give a shit. I like, think Arif Hassan just published 15,000 words on the draft. So sure. go to Arif's uh, so go to page him. and uh, read that because I endorse whatever he wrote. So I Always. We always I got, do. I got, yeah, I, I, I have not done any research, nor has John, and nor I don't think you. we will. I don't think we care. I don't think. So uh, you can't do I, it. And I know, I, I know Chicken Fingas. Was going to do chickens dips for his best, uh, you know, prospects, but I think he got waylaid at a gymnastics competition. Oh yeah, and yeah, sure. Of the course. teal minivan broke down, and so he never got around it to riding it. So that's sad. That sucks. But, that's a real you know, bummer. When you got a teal minivan, you do what you got to do. And there's not a whole lot of intrigue with the rest of the draft because it feels like there's like seven quarterbacks. All could be good or terrible. Or terrible. And uh, that's kind of it. Not much to it. Fucking bummer. Okay, number seven. Question seven. Uh, Jonathan, why does no one want to coach with Richie Pitino? Because he's a terrible person, probably. He must be, right? I... I mean, what do you mean no one wants to coach with Richie Pitino? I think he just lost a bunch of assistants. Oh, did he? I mean, they're college basketball assistants. They're all looking for the next Taking a lateral move away from your hometown seems to me like a concerning thing, right? But when you say from your hometown, were they from here? I think one or two of them were. We're just going to completely make stuff up now. If you're a college basketball assistant coach, you have no roots whatsoever. They... You're not I'm allowed guessing to. if you look at those guys, yeah. they have coached in nine different states already. They're like 32 years old. They're on their ninth job. 15 they've been internships. The recruiting coordinator at an NAIA school, and right. they've been the head coach at a high school. It's just a constant search for something permanent. So I don't, I don't think it's meaningful. My guess is that it's not meaningful. Or it could be because the Gophers were terrible last year. I'm still trying to hold on to my little Richie Patino is going to be good and fine and all will be well. But, you know, there's some signals. There's some signals that are concerning me right now. Yeah. I try to care about – this is my annual thing is I try to care about college basketball every single year for like 10 years straight. I'm really going to give it a go this year, and I still don't. So Yeah, it's basically you and Dick Vitale at this point. Yeah, that's right. it. That's it. Maybe Digger Phelps. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Okay, last question. Question number eight. Um, so here's the thing that I think this is a dad life question. Oh, here's the thing that I think for. could unlock a lot of happiness for me. I have I have noticed what I could do, and the thing is, I need to get up an hour earlier than I usually do, and exercise and get some work done. And have some peace and quiet to myself. I know this. I ha- And I've known this for, and I've decided that this is the thing that's important to me. For, let's say, like 10 weeks. So 50 weekdays. And I have done it one day. <laughs> I have gone 
one for 50 on a thing that I know will 100% unlock so much happiness for me. And it is uh, really fucking with my head that I've been so unsuccessful at this. So my question to you is, have you had a thing that you've successfully changed your lifestyle for the better and stuck with it? Is that possible? Or, I'm, or am I an old dog trying to learn a new trick here? Uh, Help me out. I'm ashamed of myself. Yeah. Um, what you have to do is get up before the kids. That's, that's all there is to it. You don't have a choice because they're just, they're not going to go to bed early for you to do stuff at night. You know that to be true, right? And you know they're going to get up, you know, when they're going to get up. So you've got to carve out that hour while they're not suspecting it. You can't wait on them. You've got to, like, they're, they're asleep. So that's, that's how you do this. Well, you're totally right. You're 100% right. And that's the thing that fucks with me is that what I know to be true is that uh, my kids will go to bed. I'll, we'll put them down at 8.30. And, Stu, you've been here for a million years. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I put them down at 8.30. What time do they fall asleep? 9.30. takes a full fucking hour every single night to actually get them down. What I know is the right move is, okay, they're to bed. I'm going to go to bed, and I'm going to get up at 6, and they wake up at 7, and I've got one full hour to myself. What actually happens is at 9.30 when they're finally asleep, I go, fuck this, I can't just go to bed now. I need to have some alone time or me time or whatever. And then I watch, like, uh, a rerun of The Office or some bullshit. Complete waste of time. I'm on Twitter or whatever, and it's, it's, it's poor time spent. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm doing nothing. And then I stay up way too late. I stay up to, like, 11.30. And then when my alarm goes off at 6, when I want to wake up, I'm like, no, no, I, don't ha- I haven't had enough sleep. I have to do well at work. I need to have my mental energy. i got to go back to sleep. And repeat that cycle for 50 straight days. Cut to me being here complaining to why this happened. John. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny you mention this. It, it's surprising to me how big of a difference it made when my daughter went from going to bed at 8.15 to going to bed at 7.30 because that's a 45-minute difference. It's not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. Yep. But I went from never watching a sporting event because it was already half over by the time I could watch it to missing the first inning or missing the first eight minutes of a wild game or something like that. And then she's in bed. Wait, so she's now 7.30? Yeah, she's now goes oh to bed at 7.30. God. So yes, my, the John. only thing I can tell you is put your kids to bed at 7.30 and get them <laughs> up at 6 a.m. Get one of those kids. Yep. Oh, desperate. I am desperate to get them down. We are at 8.30, and then it is a fucking battle. A fight every, not kidding, every single night. Before, If we can get them down before 9, Hallelujah. And I need, I need to go to bed at that point, and I never, ever go to bed at that point. And I just cannot crack this code, this very simple code of waking up at 6. And I'm sure I know that I'm very spoiled to even say that 6 is crazy early for me. But I have no, I have no advice whatsoever in terms of getting to bed earlier because, like you, I've failed 1,000 days in a row. Okay, all right. Like you, I'm, if the kids are asleep, I am going to stay up watching YouTube clips of stuff I don't even like. I don't even care about this shit. because it's something <laughs> I that I can do that I'm getting to choose what it is. I was out at dinner with a bunch of couples recently, and one of the guys uh, that I, I 
really like and, and look up to and respect. And he was talking about, like, he sort of hit on this for me. This was the 50 days ago that I'm talking about. He said, he's like, yeah, I totally understand the need. After your kids are in bed, you need some decompression time or whatever. But I decided that my decompression time is going to be in the morning. I'm going to wake up at 5.30, have an hour, hour and a half myself to do whatever. And my eyes turned into heart emojis that, like, bulged out of, like, oh, my God, that's the greatest idea I've ever heard. And I said, I'm going to do that from now on. That's my thing. And, again, it happened once, one time. Sure doesn't. Um, now that I'm out the other, other end, mostly on the parenting thing, thank you, Piper, for being low maintenance. Um, it's just – it's weird how much time you have left for yourself now that you're not you although you always had this time for yourself before the kids but now it's just it's, it's like until your kids are about 11 or 12 maybe yeah. 10 yeah it's it's insane it's that period where all your all your kids hit that age and then suddenly you're a human again yeah it's i don't there's I, like time for you now i don't know what to do with myself i should read more books is what it comes down to right I just, it's so, you have I've, so much more time. I've checked four books out of the library this year, and yeah. I've returned every one of them yeah. to the library without yeah. opening it. Yeah, I mean, I've talked about, I bitch about my commute all the time, but even with the commute, I have time left over. I went to the gym last night. I had time to do it. It was. I'll tell you what I'll do, Brandon. I get up at 6 a.m. every day, so I'm going to start calling you, and you're going to have to talk to me, and then you won't be able to go back to sleep anyway, because yeah, I'll it. be complaining about the Winnipeg Jets at 6 a.m. You will be. I will take that. Yes. All I, I'm doing, I am like a fucking teenager. I have to start putting my phone across the room with the alarm on it, so I have to wake up in the morning and actually go turn it off. Anyway, it's frustrating. I'm not here to just complain about my personal stuff. I was just actually curious about, have you ever done a move in your life, your adult life, where you said, here's the thing I'm going to do differently, and then actually do it and stick to it? That shit's hard. It ain't easy. It really isn't. Really difficult. Um, if I can quote Matt Brickman from Channel 4. Who Please has, do. I love him so much. Have we mentioned how two, much we love him and how handsome he is? He has two kids under the age of five. This is, his, this is a direct quote from Matt Brickman. Fuck him. <laughs> no, it's under. I, I made that up. I made that up, Matt. Matt would never say that. He's yeah, man, nice don't publish your DMs. I, I sneezed during the middle of that. And at the start, we were saying nice things about Matt Brickman. And then I sneezed. Yeah, did I go into a... And then at the a, end, you were... Cussing out, man? How long was I? Did I blink yeah, for? That was a long sneeze. Yeah, I don't know. That was a lie. It's uh, it's all lies. But yeah, it sucks. Um, try and just try your best, and know that you're going to fail most of the time. I might do the Dana Wessel program. I might get. I might pull a Wessel and just take some melatonin at like eight o'clock at night and just knock myself just out. And just hope to God that I. Hello, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why you're in my bedroom, and I don't know why you're wearing a pirate hat. I'm gonna Did go. Did you with see it. the picture of Ed Escobar on Twitter with Nick Cage? Fantastic. Ed and is our spirit animal. He's a spirit animal, and he walked up to Nick Cage and said, Hey, I love you. You're a great actor. I learned English because of you. Watching your movies. Watching your movies. And I think he, what, what did Nick Cage say? Nick Cage said, Thank you, comma, Escobar. Thank you, Escobar. Which is just the most Nicolas Cage thing you could possibly say. Take the picture. Say. That is so good. Thank you, Escobar. God damn it. That is so good. Why did he call him by his first name? I don't Thank you, know. Eduardo. That's, Thank you, Escobar. It's Nicolas Cage. Why would he not? That's. <laughs> Totally makes sense to me. <laughs> just, Jesus Christ. You walk up and say, hi, I'm John Marthaler, a big fan. Thank you, Marthaler. 
What a weird... God, Nicolas yeah. Cage. You're the best. That's yeah, perfect. And he's also a listener. He is. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Nick. Shout out to Nick. Okay, those are my eight questions. Sweet. That's all I had. Anything else? You got anything, John? Let's talk about Stu some more. Congratulations How proud to we are Stu. Fantastic. What a... What an honor. What a guy. You know, uh, I hope to God that the fallout from this is better than ours, which, as mentioned, resulted in getting a guy fired. Yeah. So if anybody from the City Pages is listening, and it sounds like they might be, whoever did that, don't fire them. Don't fire Please the person fire who nominated him. They're a him. good person. Uh, also, we're upset that you have fine. I, did they resurrect the Best Podcast Award? Are we well, not see, now the Best Podcast? Gilman and the Gork. Gilman and the Gork. That's a real bummer because we were best City Pages podcast for five years in a row purely because they didn't have the new well, award. So like we got it in 2014, we were the best sports 15, podcast. 16, and 17. And now they just have a best podcast. Okay, so we are still the best we're sports podcast? We're still the podcast? best sports yes, podcast. fuck yeah. So it's a total coincidence that the best podcast touches, they touch on sports. They're not no, really a sports that's, podcast. That's, that's like... They're a lifestyle Yeah, podcast. you don't win the best director and the best cinematographer yeah, yeah, yeah. just because you're the best director. Oh, this is fantastic. This has completely 100% made my day. You are telling me, and I want to just confirm, we are still the reigning champ of best sports podcast for the City Pages? <laughs> I, uh, yes, yes, we are. For the fifth year in a row. Yes, 14, we are. 15, 16, 17, 18, we have not been dethroned for five straight years. Not, yeah, and I, I don't think, unless the No Juice podcast comes out of retirement. Well, they, I, they did recur, re, uh, record three good episodes before they did. retiring. They got three, well, good for them. Three and a half, four. Three and a half, yeah. It was, eh. Yeah, you never and know. The fourth one, who knows. Yeah. Uh, well, that is great news. That and the uh, potential of my Wolves winning a game tonight. Is really just going to let me sail through yeah, the um, commute do you home. Think, um, do you think they'll win a game in the series? Uh, I don't. I don't. I, I think don't think swept, that they yeah, will. I think they'll get swept too. I was going to say it's sort of similar to no, the. No, they won't win a game. It's sort of similar to the hockey thing, where like they can steal a game, which I totally understand. But hockey, yeah. as we've talked about, it, there is so much more variance to hockey. Yeah, that game already happened. And the they game lost happened, it. and they they couldn't they yeah. couldn't possibly do it. So yeah. um, again, I can't stress this enough. Please fire Tom Thibodeau as soon as humanly possible. There is no way, and I'm on the record, I'm fairly sober even, there is no way Tom Thibodeau turns this around. It's not happening. He's 60 years old. Old dog. Doesn't learn the new tricks. I won't talk about it anymore. We're done. We can't do it anymore. We need to be done. We yep. need to be done. All right. Well, We're let's almost uh, an hour. Let's, let's call it, it a, eight more seconds here. A good solid hour. Uh, just um, to summarize... Congratulations, Stu. Eat at Surly Pizza. Uh, uh, go to hell, Tom Thibodeau. And Surly Pizza is really good. It is very like, good. Legitimately it good. It is very good. We got the I'm Your Daddy and the Four Stars. And, and they were the, both. And the Mookie Blaylock. And the Mookie. Yep. Loved them all. We love them. We love you. Go Vikings. Go Vikings. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.